Hey, and welcome to the Meditations and Musings podcast. I'm Elena Lipson. I'm a mama, I'm a wife, and I'm the founder of the Divine Self-Care Circle membership and the Virtual Retreat Academy. I don't believe that you have to sacrifice your body, your health, or your family in order to create true abundance and prosperity. I believe in living based on the divine feminine metrics of success, and these include pleasure, play, ease, grace, and a slower pace. Each week, I'll bring you one to two new episodes. One of these will be a guided meditation that you don't have to do on the meditation pillow, and the other will be a conversation to help you access your inner wisdom, to ignite abundance, and inspire others to do the same. I invite you to join me on this journey back to the magic of a divinely aligned and well-cared-for you. And now, join me for today's episode. Welcome back to this week's podcast episode of the Divinely Aligned Meditations and Musings podcast. (laughs) Sorry, my attention just went away for like a second. I was like, squirrel. Okay, I'm back now. Before we dive into today's episode called How to Set Better Boundaries in Six Steps, I wanted to invite you to my next free live training, which is happening on April 21st. If you're listening afterwards, maybe there's a recording ready. (laughs) Check the notes. (laughs) The recording will only be, be available for a short amount of time, but the free masterclass is called Rewrite Your Relationship with Money, Three Steps to Embody Your New Money Story and Claim Your New Wealth Identity. If you have listened to my past episodes, a couple episodes ago, I recorded an episode called um, The Difference Between Money and Wealth. And in that episode, I shared quite a bit of resources and ideas and differences and some really great prompts for you. It was episode number 247, What Does Money and Wealth Mean to You? And I had you go back to your relationship with money from the very beginning, like having a positive memory or association with it, um, having negative associations with it, and how I tied it back into how it affects your current relationship with money, and beyond that, how it creates a wealth identity that then informs literally every decision you make in regard to investing, money, time, the way you see yourself in the world, the kind of things you allow yourself to do or not do. So during this wealth identity masterclass, I'm going to share with you some really great exercises to first of all, help you identify your current relationship with money, your current wealth identity, and then three steps to embody a new story for you. And not just talk about it, not just write it in your journal. That's the first step, (laughs) but really to help you bring it into real life. So I'd love to see you at that class. Simply find the link in either my show notes here at this episode, or you can go into my Instagram bio and you'll see a link there. Again, it's a free masterclass and I'll be sharing with you some amazing exercises that you can do in the moment. If you can't be there live, it's at 1 p.m. Pacific time on April 21st. There will be a recording for about a week available, I believe afterwards. I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but go ahead and sign up and I will see you there. Okay. Um, Today's topic is related to episode number 249 about how to trust yourself more in four easy steps. And building better boundaries was the number four step in 
how to trust yourself more. So today I want to expand on how to have better boundaries, talk about some of the pitfalls and why you need boundaries, the whole thing. So first of all, there are different kinds of boundaries. And I love having this conversation because boundaries, I actually didn't really like the word boundaries in the past, just like I don't like the word trigger. It's just the words themselves. I feel like people overuse them in a way that allows people to use them in too many broad situations and not really tell you anything specific. So today I want to get really specific and then I'll give you six steps how to set better boundaries. But before I do that, I want to just make sure that I tell you this This is really, really important. If you are someone who has experienced physical or emotional trauma in your life or in your body in the past, boundaries are going to need to be approached in a very different way because your nervous system, your physical being is going to respond to situations in a very different way. And sometimes ways that you don't even realize that is related to past trauma. So if this is you, and if you have past trauma and you're listening to what we're talking about regarding boundaries and you're finding yourself getting agitated, irritated, frustrated, feel like you want to run away, it's totally normal. Okay. I'm not a traumatic response um, educator or coach. I do have some amazing resources. I have um, several clients and people and peers that I know can guide you in the right direction. If this is you, if you're someone who, is, who has had past trauma and you want to work on boundaries, but you understand, or you're hearing this and you're like, yeah, maybe that's me let me know, please message me and I will refer you to some amazing people that you can check out or you can look up resources yourself um, because sometimes setting boundaries if you've had past trauma can be a very different experience that requires more in-depth understanding of how your body is responding to either setting boundaries or having boundaries stepped over in your life and it requires a different process. And that, that is not what we're getting into today, but I wanted to make sure I said that for you because I don't want you to feel like you are failing at setting boundaries. It's not you. It could be that your nervous system is reacting to a past trauma in a way that you're not fully understanding or acknowledging, or you just haven't received the information. That's all. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of trauma, but if you if you're thinking that this is you and your intuition is like, yeah, I think this is me. Let me know, message me on Instagram, um, shoot me an email over at infoadalinalipson.com, and I'm happy to share these resources with you. So let's dive into how to set better boundaries. And as I mentioned, there are different kinds of boundaries. There are energetic boundaries, there are physical boundaries, there are emotional boundaries and social boundaries. And I do have this as a very in-depth teaching in an upcoming program that I'm doing, but I wanted to give you a taste of it here. This isn't like, you know, the reason I do this, this podcast is because some topics I can go really deep on. And I think it's for everyone with some topics like this with boundaries. I want to give you like 101 boundaries, 101, because the nuances and the in-depth inner work that is required to really get into boundary setting requires a little bit more time, focus, and attention. And I don't know what you're doing. You could be washing dishes. You could be at the gym. You could be driving. And that simply does not do a service to the kind of work, the inner work that boundaries actually requires beyond just saying, no, thank you. That's like 101, very 101. <laughs> so 
it, my intention today is to give you just something to think about in terms of boundaries and to give you some, like the six steps to setting be better boundaries. But really, I know that a good percentage of you are going to be like multitasking, right? And then some percentage of you are going to have a journal with you and make some notes. And then an even smaller percentage of you are actually going to listen to this two or three times and actually ask good questions about it and actually start implementing. So I'm speaking to all of you, but I'm not going to go to this like masterclass level of boundaries because it just doesn't do you a service, right? Just to tell you like, go be free and set all the boundaries in the world, but then not really back it up with any coaching or, you know, intimate connection or conversation. So I just want you to know that I see you. This isn't about you. This isn't like a PhD in, <laughs> in boundaries. Um, it's not even like a bachelor's in boundaries. It's not even like a workshop in boundaries because in a workshop, I can have more access to you asking me questions and me asking you questions. So again, preamble done. Just know that I wanna give you good information. I want you to think about it. And if you wanna go deeper, then let me know. So kind of boundaries, energetic, physical, emotional, and social. Those are the kind of boundaries that we can talk about setting. So what does that mean? In energetic boundaries, you could ask yourself, am I open to other people in a way that doesn't feel good to me? Am I allowing myself to be influenced by the energy of other people? Now, if you identify as someone who is an empath, which means that you're emotionally or energetically sensitive to other people, which so many of us are, we've just learned to like close it off in all the right ways, right? Um, so if you find yourself, am I open in a way that doesn't feel good? Or am I open to the energy of other people? Then you might be needing to set some energetic boundaries. And this might look like you have a conversation with someone who you ran into and they start telling you some negative stuff that have happened in their lives, something sad, something, you know, something that happened and you walk away, you're feeling like, oh my gosh, now I'm sad, right? Like, or you watch the news and you feel depressed. Um, that's so many of us do that. So many of us are constantly being bombarded by the energetics of other people and we are not even noticing it. Like you could be, you know, spend time with someone and you walk away feeling very happy and filled up with joy and energy, or you can walk away from an interaction feeling like, oh, I don't feel like that felt shitty. <laughs> like, so that might mean that you have energetic boundaries that need to be in place. I'm gonna share with you how to do that. Um, I can, like I said, this can be like an entire month worth of content and practices and exercises. And that's not what this is, but one of the ways that I love protecting my own energy. And I used to do this pretty much every day. I don't do it every day now. Cause I feel like I have a very solid practice of being in my own energetic bubble anyway. Um, but if you're just waking up to this kind of content and like, Oh, I wonder if I have good energetic boundaries. One of the ways that I love to do this is twofold. One is I love staging or um, using water, like Epsom salt and water to, just clear out my energy, right? Epsom salt and baths are amazing to clear out any existing funky energy left over in your energy system or staging your body. And something that I like to do if I know I'm going to in a situation, like if you're going into Costco and you know you're gonna have like interactions with a bunch of people just walking by them and you find yourself very sensitive, something I love to do beforehand, if you are like that, is to like in your mind, in your imagination, create a, a pink bubble around you and just have it around you. 
zip it up at the top. <laughs> Some people like to have like a zipper from the top to the bottom or bottom to top. And just notice how you experience the after energy of an experience like that. And you can find your own ways to do that. Some people have a shield. Some people like to do like a white light. Whatever comes up in your imagination and your ener energetic mind is exactly what you need. So don't overthink it. Um, the next kind of boundaries we have are physical. Physical boundaries, this one's like more clear, right? I don't want you in my space. Don't touch me like that. And these boundaries are, again, also very, very connected with traumatic back, uh, backgrounds. Um, it might be very difficult for someone who's had a traumatic experience to set a physical boundary, or sometimes you go way over and feel like you don't want anyone in your space because it doesn't feel good. So these kind of boundaries are very important to set, very important to teach our children, and very important to understand that we have 100% agency over how we want to be touched at all times. This is regardless of whether um, you don't want to be weighed in at the doctor's office or whether you want to interact with someone in a certain way in a restaurant or whatever, like someone's in your space talking to you too close, you have the right to back up, right? You have agency over your body over your physical space, even with those people, like even with your children and your, and your partners, like we have the right to be touched in a way that feels good to us. And if something doesn't feel good, it is a hundred percent. Okay. To say, this doesn't feel good to me, you know, no. And we can do it without anger. We can do it without irritation. We, of course we can do it with anger too. <laughs> but, um, we can learn to say, I don't like that and be totally in our body to do that. So a lot of times people are so much in their minds or they're thinking about like how the other person's going to react or are they going to feel bad or are they going to be upset or are their feelings going to be hurt? Like, no, <laughs> none of that is your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be in the agency fully in your body to say this, yes, this, no. And this is like a muscle. It's a muscle that you build up, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about how to how to go through this with each one. Like there's a six step process to set your boundary within each one of these containers. Um, but I'm just giving you kind of a little rundown of the, what boundaries look like in each one. So again, physical boundaries, um, your kids have the right to physical boundaries, your partner does. Every single human being has the right to be touched and not touched in the way that they want and do not want. And the more we can teach our kids to speak up for themselves to do this, the more we can practice it ourselves the more we are going to engage with people in a positive way, instead of feeling like we don't have that agency. Um, and the more you do things that are in your body, like embodiment practices, like dancing and yoga, um, martial arts, those are the things that get us feeling like we're grounded in our bodies because so many people are walking around either looking at their phones um, in screens too much. They're constantly in their head versus in their body that they don't even, they don't even have like that in the moment awareness or knowledge of what feels good and what feels doesn't or what doesn't feel good. And they wait too long to say no. And that is very, very confusing. We need to have people in their body speaking up for themselves. This doesn't always mean anger and no, it just, it, on the positive side, on the beautiful side of this, you learn how you like to be touched. Yes to this, no to that. I'm going to get a massage. I don't like to have my, you know, um, my neck massage very hard because it hurts. I love my feet massage and my hands. Like if you can't communicate that, you're always going to be not getting exactly what you want. When it comes to intimacy with your partner, this is a huge thing. 
Yes, more of that, please. I don't like when you do that. I love when you do this. Can you please massage my feet? Are you seeing a theme here? I really love foot massages. <laughs> so if you can learn to ask what you want, for what you want and how you want to be touched physically and say no to the way you don't want to be touched, you build a stronger trust connection with your partner and with yourself. Number three is emotional. Emotional boundaries are really, really, really important. And again, I will say this every time there is an entire week long, month long class we can have on just emotional boundaries. But one of the ways I see this playing out most that's probably most relevant for you is in what kind of emotional relationships you will allow with other people. Um, one of the ways this comes up is like, you might have some people in your life who like to emotionally vomit their entire life <laughs> in a conversation sometimes, right? Maybe you're someone who likes to do that. Sorry, you can hear my dog barking in the background. Um, the little one, I think it's the little one barking. Um, and this is really important. Like you get to engage with people in your life in a way that feels good to you. And by not setting boundaries, you will find yourself being in a state of resentment and resentment can burn relationships so quickly. I'd rather feel guilty for a minute by saying, I don't have time to talk right now. Can we talk later? Versus feeling resentment for the person that doesn't even know that I'm feeling resentment. Right? Resentment is better or guilt is better than resentment, right? Because it keeps out unwanted connection, unwanted requests on your time. When you have a solid boundary with a friend, and again, this all takes time to build, you start to be able to say, hey, I hear that you need to talk. I'm in the middle of something. Let me call you back. Or you know what? I don't have the space for this right now. Or you learn to call a friend instead of diving right into your whole life story. You say, is this a good time? I have something I'd love some, you know, um, witness on, or I just love to, to get some, you know, process something out loud. I don't need advice. You learn to communicate and ask for and receive what you need, but you also can put that same loving boundary on the other person. And, and I would say loving boundaries because boundaries don't need to be punitive. They're actually very, very loving, right? I would rather like, if I called a friend and I said, can we talk? And she's like, I don't have time right now. Let's talk tonight. That's awesome because I don't want her to feel like she's, I don't want to feel like, wait a minute, you don't sound present. Is this a, are you sure this is an okay time to talk? Like I that feeling is so hurtful, right? Like I know we do it with even those closest to us. Like there's times where I'm talking with my sister and all of a sudden she's like, are you there? <laughs> I'm like scrolling Instagram. It's so bad. Like set boundaries for conversations that connect versus disconnect. Okay. And finally, social boundaries. I feel like social boundaries have fallen apart, fallen down a black void, fallen into like some volcanic eruption over the last year of our lockdowns and pandemics, and they've had to be rewritten. So I feel a little bit like I need to think a little bit more about social boundaries, but in general, social boundaries, I, and I think people oversimplify it by saying, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert and therefore I either like being with people and I don't. That's very nuanced in terms of what an extrovert and an introvert, introvert actually are because an introvert is someone who gains energy from being alone and intimate, an intimate connection. Extroverts are people who gain energy from being outdoor, not, not outdoors, but like around other people and in larger groups and being like visibility and being on stage, right? But it's not black or white, it's not this or that. Like people have nuanced 
characteristic. Sometimes I like to be an introvert and be alone at home under my blanket. And I love to be on stage and meeting people, but I'm not one or the other hundred percent all the time. And sometimes it changes over time within your lifetime. So social boundaries are important to know, and it takes self-reflection. It takes being honest with the kind of ways you like to engage with people. If you really love intimate gatherings with friends, then focus on those. If someone invites you to a big party and you're like, oh, I don't want to go, but I'm going to say yes. And then you go and then you don't have a good time and then you're resentful, then that's kind of on you too, right? But if you know that once you get there, you're going to have a good time and you just need to get out of your shell a little bit, then that's okay to sort of extend your boundary a little bit and say, well, let me just go for an hour and see how I feel, right? Again, this really all comes back to trusting yourself, to knowing yourself, to being able to speak up in your voice for what you want and what you don't want. Okay, let's take a deep breath together. Boundaries can be triggering. <laughs> I already said I don't like the word trigger, um, but, I, but I get the use of it to be able to like, have this common understanding of what triggered is, right? Okay, so how do we implement boundaries? Um, some questions to refine boundaries before I get into like how you step into each one, the six step process that I, I recommend. One is to ask, does this strengthen or deplete me? Right? Does this strengthen or deplete me? The next question you can ask is, what do I need here? What do I need here? Another question is, what do I really want? And these are all refining questions that actually help you create boundaries that are honest for yourself, right? The next one is, how have I trained others to rely on me? Another question you can ask yourself is, what have I been tolerating? Another question to refine your boundaries is who am I resenting right now? And finally, what am I still doing even though I know I don't want to do it anymore? <laughs> right, these are all refining questions to ask you to give you that focus of like, oh, okay, I see where I need a boundary, right? And just because someone asks doesn't mean you have to answer, right? Like for yourself, that's just another like little refining tip there. So before I give you the six step process, I want to share some common pitfalls and consequences of setting boundaries, right? One is you might get ghosted because people, some people don't like having boundaries set. They want to continue you, the experience of you <laughs> as it is now, right? So people can ghost you. Another pitfall or consequence of setting boundaries that you can expect is that they stomp on your boundaries. Like, no, I don't like that boundary, right? Um, another one is they might just refuse to honor your boundary. I remember um, years ago, I had a client who was starting to some, set some really great self-care boundaries for her and her husband was enraged. Like he just couldn't have it. He didn't understand why she needed to take time for herself. They were getting into massive arguments. They almost got divorced. It, was, it got pretty heated and intense. 
but through it all, they kept communication. They actually went for marital therapy and they are doing really, really, really well today. And, but it got a little choppy there for a bit because he was so used to her basically doing everything all the time. And when she pulled back, he took it as a personal sort of threat for himself. So they had to work through that. But just so you know, not everyone's going to love your boundaries, right? They might blame you for changing. You'll also see where you've had mushy boundaries or no boundaries. And the final pitfall is your low self-worth, if you have it in some areas of your life, becomes glaring because you'll see like, oh, I can see where... I didn't have any boundaries and I constantly had to give, 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 but I wasn't receiving. So that could happen too. On the bright side though, you might have really awesome relationships that start to clarify because of the lack of constantly stepping over each other's boundaries, right? So let me give you the six step process and then share with you again, some of the next steps that might just sort of come out through the six steps anyway, but here's six steps to better boundaries. Number one is define, define a boundary that you would like to set in either the energetic, physical, emotional, or social. And you can go through these six steps with each one of those containers, energetic, physical, emotional, and social. Define who, what, where, and why. Get very clear. Number two is clarify. Clarify how you wanna implement the boundary and the consequences that might come from it. And by defining some of the consequences in advance, it actually gives you like a little bit of a peace of mind because you're not gonna be caught off track. That's not to say that nothing unexpected will happen because of a boundary, something amazing, something not so amazing, but at least you sort of go into that direction of clarifying for yourself. Like, oh, okay, I think if I set this boundary with this friend, um, she just might get upset and I'll have to have a conversation with her about, you know, this isn't personal to her. This is really just me learning to do some inner work around boundaries, right? No, step number three is clearly plan how you're going to communicate the boundary and ask for a receipt. So what do I mean by that? <laughs> clearly communicating a boundary means that you have planned out your boundary in advance. You know exactly what you want to say. And you ask for a receipt, meaning understanding and confirmation that the other person hears you and receives it, like have them like have a conversation about it, that they understand what you're asking of them, especially with kids, it's a huge one. So I love the nonviolent communication format of asking for what you want, which is um, when you like do this very specific behavior, I feel whatever the exact feeling is, I would prefer that you, a very specific changed behavior, right? I really like that format because it sort of takes away the blame of the other person. It actually makes it a very behavior-based. So let's say like, if I would say to my husband, when you forget to massage my feet, I feel like you don't really like to massage my feet. I would really prefer that you massage them once a week. <laughs> right? So it's like a simple um, a simple one for you, but you can use it for yourself, right? So asking for the receipt means I'd love to like, can you let me know that you heard what I said? Like, what, what did you hear me say? Again, this is like high level communication stuff, but without it, we end up having very blurry, foggy, mushy boundaries and relationships tend to either go stagnant or stale or reverse. Okay. Number four, 
plan how you're going to implement and hold the boundaries. So you know the consequences. And again, this is not a one and done. This is like an ongoing thing. And and it gets more difficult the closer the people are with you that you have this like built up of resentment with. Um, you might need to practice with a little bit of a, an easier situation, right? like with doing the laundry, making your kids do the laundry or having a friend that you really feel a lot of trust with practice setting boundaries with you. Because if you go right into the most difficult relationships and try to set those boundaries, you're going to get triggered because it's our, it's our subconscious and our unconscious patterns have this like emotional reaction that you can't even control sometimes. So I would suggest to start practicing boundaries with friends who you can be playful with it, right? Um, And even with yourself, maybe trying to set a boundary with yourself as well. Okay, number five is remember to lovingly enforce the consequence. This isn't about punitive, like becoming a total biatch, (laughs) like screw you if you don't listen to my boundaries. That's not what this is about, right? This is about um, learning to engage with people who you love and who you care for, and who you have to interact with in a way that's loving, right? Loving boundaries, not punitive boundaries. So lovingly enforce them, meaning like, you might not remember, but this is what we talked about. Can we have a, you know, can we sit down for some coffee or tea and have this conversation? Now, again, sometimes there isn't that open communication. And so a boundary might have to be more one-sided. And more importantly, you might have to be loving to yourself first in order to set boundaries that feel good to you, right? It's not, it's not like a one-sided thing, but you have to start with loving yourself first and say, okay, this is going to be really challenging for me, but I know I can do this. I'm going to speak my mind, even though my palms are sweating and my heart is racing, I'm going to be honest. And I also give myself the grace of knowing that things aren't going to change right away, but they're changing over time and I'm taking steps in the right direction. Okay. And number six, finally, be very, very clear when your boundary is being violated in the moment, if you can, if you can. For example, when I go to the doctor um, or anywhere, like I go anywhere and something is happening that I don't like, I practice. Like this has been something that's been so powerful for me in my lifetime where like, if you get the wrong, oh, this happened to me. And I actually mentioned this on a past podcast. If you're in a situation where something's happening that you don't like, and you don't speak up, it, it's like this little tiny bubble of resentment that comes up to yourself sometimes for not saying anything. So I remember I was at a coffee shop, um, maybe like over a year ago, and it must've been over a year ago, cause I don't remember anyone wearing masks. And I was standing at the coffee counter waiting for my coffee. And there was a little coffee sitting there already. And it's been sitting there for, for a few minutes. Cause I've been standing there for a few minutes. This woman comes up, And she's like, excuse me, is this the whatever, whatever, white, flat coffee? I don't know, whatever she ordered, cappuccino, frappadappa, I don't know. (laughs) She's like, um, and the young lady, the barista, she's like, yep, that's yours. And she had been, the woman had been sitting outside. So she didn't hear when the woman called her name and she took a long time to come in and get her coffee. So by the time she drank it, she said, she took a sip. She's like, oh, it's cold. And the barista said, I'm really happy. It's not a problem. I'm happy to make it again for you. No problem. And the woman, I could see it in her eyes. She wanted her hot coffee, but she's like, oh, it's okay. Like her voice got really high and she sort of shrugged her shoulders and I can see it. I can totally see her wanting a hot coffee. And she turns around and walks away and goes out. 
shortly after my coffee comes out, I go back outside to sit with my husband and I hear the woman telling she had two daughters, twin daughters. And she was complaining to the daughter. She's like, I can't believe that woman. She let my coffee sit there for so long. This place has gone downhill. And I'm thinking like, whoa, she is feeling so much resentment right now because she didn't speak up. Like she could have had a moment of guilt for having wasted a little cup of coffee and having the woman remake the coffee that she probably paid like $5 for. Um, instead of now having resentment towards the woman who's the barista who was happily going to remake it, probably towards herself for not speaking up. And now she was complaining to her young daughters who were like eight years old. And they were both like, oh, and one of the girls were like, well, mommy, why didn't you have her make it over for you? And the woman just, I, she didn't say anything. I couldn't see her face. But it was a perfect example of in the moment that she had this internal boundary violated not on purpose, but it just was, and she didn't say anything, right? It's a simple boundary that she did not like speak up for herself, right? Another one is um, when I was at the doctor's, I didn't want to be weighed because I knew I gained a little weight. <laughs> I'm like, I still want to be weighed right now. I'm here to deal with something else. And I said, I'm like, do we have to do we have to do the weight this time? I really don't want to you know, weigh myself. She's like, nope, we don't have to. So I was like, oh, that was easy. And it made me wonder, how many times we let other people dictate what's happening to us and for us without asking, is this necessary? And I learned this so quickly when I had our son 15 years ago, I remember like all of these things that were assumed automatically like going to happen. I'm like, well, do we need to do this? No. Okay. Don't <laughs> like, I just got into this like almost delightful habit of asking people like, like, I don't want to do this. Is this necessary? And usually I'm telling you the answer more than not was no. Like we just assume that other people are the boss when they're not. And you're the boss. It's your life. It's your body. It's your time. It's your money, right? Like if someone's doing something and you don't like it, like speak up. That's, that is all about boundaries, right? Okay. So Let's take another deep breath. <laughs> you got this. You got this. It's all good. Um, okay. I hope you listen to this episode more than once because boundaries are the kind of thing that, again, I can teach an entire like month long class on each boundary and examples and practices and journaling and all kinds of stuff. So I hope you've caught the pieces that are important to you. I hope you listen to it at least once or twice more and have taken something from this. And if so, as always, let me know. If you have a question, you want something refined or you have just like, I don't know, I need to, I need to ask Elena a question. Please ask me the question. Come on to DM and Instagram and in the messages and just message me, Elena underscore Lipson. You can leave a review with your favorite takeaway. Um, share it with a couple of friends and then practice the boundaries on each other. <laughs> like really practice it in a loving relationship first and see how it feels like have each other speak it out loud and see how it feels for you. All right. So once again, um, thank you so much for being here. You are again, invited to my next free masterclass on April 21st at 1 PM Pacific time called Rewrite Your Relationship with Money. And we will be talking about boundaries around money too. And it's three steps to embody your money story and claim your new wealth identity. I truly hope to see you there. Get on the wait list right now and I will send you all the reminders beforehand. And I so look forward to seeing you there. Um, 
I think that's all I have today. All right. Um, um, I've never said um like that. Okay. Have an amazing day. I obviously know, need to go get some water and wrap up this episode again. Thanks so much. And I'll see you on the next one. Go take care of yourself. Go set a good boundary and love yourself deeply. Thank you so much for listening and learning about the new divine self-care way of being in your life, business, and the bedroom based on the divine feminine metrics of success, pleasure, play, ease, grace, and a slower pace. If you're ready to bust the myth of overwhelm and tap into an inspired start to each day, I've put together a free video series for you to help you start each day with energy, inspiration, and ignite that inner pilot light which attracts joy, magic, and synchronicity. You can access my three-step magic morning practice to help you ignite your inner light and attract the abundance that you're craving. Head on over to elenalipson.com forward slash gift. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would so love if you share it with a friend, a sister, a mother, a daughter, and please leave a review. That is how the magic starts to ripple out. Here's wishing you a day full of beauty, magic, and divine self-care. I'll see you next time at the Meditations and Musings podcast.